Lecture topic. Taqwa, the real preparation for Ramadan. Most respected on my ground, brothers and elders. If a person is preparing for Hajj, so he already has in his mind that he will be spending some time perhaps before Hajj in Makkah Mukarramah. So how will he spend his time there? What amal he will engage in? He will inshallah make a lot of tawaf. He'll try to make a lot of tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, make one khatam, many khatams. He'll try to spend his time in zikr, in dua, in tasbihat. And then likewise, obviously, he's going to plan in his trip and in his journey that he's going to go and go to Madinah Munawwara and visit the Rawdah Mubarak of Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa now he's going for Hajj, but he has this already in his itineraries as well. Then how he's going to try and maximize the recitation of Duru Sharif in Madina Munawwara and various other a'mal that he will engage in. So he has all these various things in his mind and he plans for it. And when he gets there, he tries to maximize all of this. But if he has all this in mind, but somehow he forgot about the five days of Hajj. MashaAllah, he planned about how he's going to spend his time in Madina Munawwara and how he's going to maximize the recitation of Duru Sharif and he's going to make a lot of tilawat and then in Makkah Mukarramah he's going to make abundant nafil tawaf and he's going to engage in so many other amal. Alhamdulillah, all this is excellent, all this is tremendously great, but a person going for Hajj and if he forgot about the five days of Hajj he didn't prepare himself for that he didn't learn the Messiah that pertain to the five days what he has to do in which place and how he has to conduct himself there and Allah forbid he didn't even go there the one is he somehow then eventually got there but he got there unprepared in terms of the preparation the mental preparation the spiritual preparation, the preparation in terms of knowledge of what he's supposed to do, how he's supposed to do it. So then too, it's a very big problem. He might go there and spend the time in a way that might cause a lot of things to go in an incorrect manner, happen in an incorrect manner. He might spoil his whole hajj. And Allah forbid he never got there. Then there's no hajj itself. It's unimaginable. We can't even think about it. That a person goes for hajj, and he didn't know about the five days of Hajj that he has to go for the various rites of Hajj in the Mubarak places of Mina and then in Arafat and then he'll come to Muzdalifa. Not conceivable. Person going for Hajj, that is the culmination of his, the peak of his Hajj. That is where everything really comes to the peak. Everything else builds up the momentum for this. It's not possible to think about it any, any other way. Or just as it is not possible to think about a person going for Hajj and not planning and preparing or knowing even 
about the five days of Hajj, it just can't it can't fit into anything. Similar is the case of a person who is approaching the month of Ramadan, and mashallah, he's planned to make a lot of tilawat of the Quran Sharif, which we must do. This was the practice of all the Sahaba Ikram. Nabi Kareem Sallallahu obviously this is his legacy. The Sahaba Ikram and the Tabi'een, all the pious predecessors. The month of Ramadan was the month of Quran. Shahru Ramadan alladhi unzila fihi al-Quran. And we find it hard to even imagine how it was done. But it was done. These are realities. Imam Shafi, Rahmatullahi, 60 Quran khatams in the month of Ramadan. Imam Abu Hanifa, Rahimahullah as well, 61 Quran khatams, one in the day, one in the night, and then one in Tarawih Salah. 61 khatams of the Quran Sharif. And likewise, many, many other personalities, Usman, which is mentioned about him, he would make one khatam of the Quran Sharif in one rakat. And then this is, you might say, very, very far away in time. But even much closer to time, Hazrat Shaykh al-Hadith, Maha Zakariya, Sahib, on one occasion, and his own ma'amul was one khatam daily. And on top of that, some further paras, he would already start deciding the second khatam, the rest of the time available in that day. So daily one khatam was standard in Ramadan. And on one occasion, he wrote to all his close people, that this Ramadan, everybody must target to make the maximum tilawat. After Ramadan, you must update what happened, how much you recited. So somebody then after Ramadan wrote, well I made 20 khatams, and many many people, 30 khatams, every day one khatam, and somebody even more. And Prophet Mawla Inam Hassan sahab rahmatullah was Amir of Tabligh at that time, with all all the responsibilities and whatever work that had to be done the entire day. So Alhamdulillah, with the fadl of Allah Ta'ala, 41 khatams in this Ramadan. Or was it 61? Perhaps 41 or 61 in this Ramadan. So Subhanallah, they understood the value of the time. They understood what is the barakat of the month of Ramadan and what is to be done in trying to apply oneself to the maximum MashaAllah, they did it. So now a person is approaching the month of Ramadan, so he also has a plan. I'm going to try to maximize the lawat of the Quran Sharif. After all, this is the month of the Quran Sharif. And likewise, he has the plan that, well, throughout the year, I hardly ever made it to be able to wake up and make the hajjud. But the month of Ramadan, automatically we awake at that time because we wake up for sahri. So I'm going to wake up a little bit earlier and take advantage of this extremely precious time and engage in at least few rakats of the hajjud if not more than at least four rakats of the hajjud and try to recite as much as possible of Quran Sharif in the salah according to Imam Shafi according to the incident about Imam Shafi that he used to make the 60 khatams one version is kulluhu fis salah and all these 60 khatams were made while reciting in salah, in nawafil. So now the person is planning, mashallah, whole year round, I sometimes made it, didn't make it maybe, but the month of Ramadan, I'm not going to allow one day to pass, take the full advantage of this Mubarak month and this Mubarak time, and then this is a very special time for dua, 
Allah Ta'ala himself calls out at that last one third portion of the night and then this is the night of Ramadan on top of that and then in that will come the various odd nights of Ramadan in the last ten nights, such Mubarak moments I'm going to take the maximum benefit and try to dedicate some time for dua in that last part of the night so mashallah that's what's supposed to be done so now the person has got this plan as well that he's going to make maximum tilawat he's going to try to make the maximum of nawafil and tahajjud and at the time of tahajjud dua and dua at other times as well and then likewise various other amal Nabi Kareem sallallahu has emphasized that to excessively recite la ilaha illallah excessively make istighfar and beg Allah Ta'ala for Jannat and ask Allah Ta'ala for refuge from Jahannam so now he's planning how I'm going to maximize this Alhamdulillah he's got that in his plan as well and likewise many other amal all this is meant to be part of the program of Ramadan and without a program in place and without some targets in place it's very hard to do the maximum sometimes then the word is I'll do the maximum but we don't get the minimum done because there's no target and there's no program. There's no general timetable that at least after Fajr so much time going to spend, be spent in Tilawat and so much time at this particular time of the day, at this time of the night, at this nafil, I'm going to try to make sure it gets done. Without that general timetable, some program in our mind at least, better still even if it's written down, and without some minimum targets, that minimum so much tilawat I'm going to try to fulfill every day. Minimum so much duru sharif I'm going to recite. Minimum this. Without those targets it's very difficult to get anything reasonably done. Sometimes it'll get done. And sometimes half will get done. And sometimes nothing might get done. Too. So there should be targets. And there should be some program in place. So now all this mashallah is all in place. But can we imagine that person went for hajj? And he planned all the amal, the nawafil, the tilawat, etc. But he didn't plan for the five days of hajj. Not conceivable, can't be imagined. How can this be possible? Likewise is a case that a person, mashallah, all this is excellent, super excellent. That he planned himself for tilawat to be maximized. He's got his program in place. He's got his targets in place. Everything is there, mashallah. But he didn't even plan how he's going to inculcate taqwa in his life. It's like a person planned for hajj, planned everything, but didn't plan for the five days. Didn't learn about the five days of hajj, how he's going to conduct himself. He didn't even get there. So now the person will be told, mashallah, all the amal you did, inshallah you get rewarded, but sorry, no hajj for you. You didn't reach Arafat. You didn't reach Arafat, how are you going to make hajj? No hajj. Can we imagine the situation now, a person, mashallah, is approaching Ramadan. One is not even having any plan in place. No program of any sort in mind. No minimum targets of anything. And as a result of having no such plan in place, no program, no general idea of how the time is going to be spent correctly, what becomes the condition, then what is something that cannot be avoided will get done. And the rest of the time will still go in social media. The rest of the time will still go in keeping up with the news. And time will get wild away. And these valuable moments will be lost. Because it's just going with the motions. 
just going with the flow they say. Before a person knows it, half the month of Ramadan is gone and then now he thinks I should start doing something before that the other half is gone. So, like this person who hasn't planned for the five days of Hajj, he might lose his whole Hajj itself. The person who hasn't planned that Ramadan is a month for Taqwa. This is what Allah Ta'ala has made the objective of the month of Ramadan. Kutiba alaykum usiyam, that fasting is farz, the entire focus is towards the fast. But the fast Allah Ta'ala says is la'allakum tattaqoon. So that you acquire taqwa, acquire the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. So if that is not part of the intention, that is not part of the program, that is not part of the objective, the target, so then the month of Ramadan will pass like the person went for Hajj but didn't, didn't get there for Hajj. He went to Makkah, Mukarramah, Mashallah, went to Madinah, Munawwara, Alhamdulillah. But he never went to Arafat. How absurd that sounds. Sounds completely unimaginable. But unfortunately that is a similar situation in Ramadan. But the person, Alhamdulillah, whatever amal he did, but taqwa was not in the, anyway in the agenda, over in the program. So even in the month of Ramadan, the haram didn't stop. Even in the month of Ramadan, the eyes are still involved in looking at evil. The ghibat didn't stop. As a result of which the fasts all being drained away, destroyed. The incident that we discussed many times, or Shaykh Hazrat Chaki Muhtasab Rahmatullah which he mentioned, that they were traveling in Makkah Mukarramah, Hazrat Mawla Abraham Haqsab Rahmatullah a very very hot day and they traveling in this vehicle extremely hot so Hazrat asked Hazrat Mahabrah asked the driver that what's the problem why is this vehicle still so hot is the air conditioner not working he said no it's working but then why is it not cooling down well it seemed like somebody's window is left open it was probably a bigger vehicle in the back one window was left open so they realized that this window is open, they closed it. A very hot day. And so now when they closed it, after a short while, the car cooled down. So that took everybody's attention to a very important lesson. And look, this is a lesson to take. That we also have, we engage in various amal and the air condition of all these amal we try to switch it on. So the sukoon of these amal and the benefit of it, all this comes through those amal. Whether it's tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, our salah, fasting, whatever the amal we might do, all this generates noor in the heart and generates sukoon in the heart. But we fail to close our windows. We don't close the windows of our eyes from looking at haram. We don't close the windows of our tongue from speaking haram, ghibat, lying, obscene talk, vulgarity. We don't close the windows of our ears from listening to haram. All kinds of things are being listened to, ghibat is being listened to, music a person is listening to. In the month of, because person, many a person, recently one person came, say, look, I got this bad habit, but the target is, on the last day of this month, that's going to be the last, first of Ramadan, this will be over. Now he's still targeting to carry on till the last day of the month first. 
That is already his intention. I'm not going to stop before that. So that is shaitan's trap. No, no, you stop then, not now. So that by the time then comes, that then will never happen. As I say, tomorrow, tomorrow never comes. Let's say more story about cash today, credit tomorrow. But tomorrow the person comes, he sees the same board there. Cash today, credit tomorrow. That tomorrow will never come till Qiyamah. So that shaitan's trap of procrastination, that he doesn't make the, allow the person to say, I'm stopping now. Even today is too late, now. Making Toba now. Because that Toba gets made now, inshallah, that will now take a person forward. Rather said, look, we don't close our windows, windows of our eyes, of our ears, of our tongue. And likewise, all the other lungs that we misuse, so we haven't closed the windows, as a result of which, all this noor that comes in, like this air conditioner was generating the cold air, was all lost. The car was just as hot as ever. Whereas the air conditioner was doing his job, but the benefit was lost. So likewise, all these amal, the benefit of it, it's been generated. But we fail to close all these windows to haram. Everything is drained out. And the person is just as empty as ever. Allah forbid because of the lack of consideration for the greatness of the month of Ramadan. The auspiciousness. Taking it lightly. Disregarding the very great Mubarak time. Rather than just be empty, the person ends up far behind. Where he started off, he ends up worse off than that. So this is the very crucial thing, to plan to acquire taqwa. To program this into the whole plan of Ramadan. Ramadan is approaching, and I need to acquire taqwa. Otherwise it's going to be like that person who went all the way, but didn't plan for the five days of Hajj. And didn't even get there. So now this planning for acquiring taqwa, the starting point of that is sincere tawbah. This is what taqwa is all about in any case. Taqwa is all about giving up sin, giving up the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala an, Nabi Kareem said to him, Ittaqil maharim takun abadan nas. Stay away from everything Allah has forbidden. Stay away from all the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. You will be the greatest Abid. Now one person, mashallah, is spending the whole night in ibadat, in salah. But he doesn't stop looking at haram the whole day. He's still carrying on in the same thing. He is not declared an Abid in the court of Allah Ta'ala. He is not the greatest Abid. The greatest Abid, that person, he performed his Isha Salah, he performed his Fajr Salah with Jama'ah, the other Salah all in time with Jama'ah. He fulfilled his, the requirements of dina, but he stayed away from haram, stayed away from every sin. This is the greatest abid. He is constantly in ibadat, that mujahada that he's making against the desires of the nafs. The eyes want to look somewhere and he's suppressing that. The tongue wants to just blurt anything, make ribad, lie, talk some obscenity some vulgarity, and he's suppressing it. He's holding it back, he's reining it in. That's a mujahada. And he's making the mujahada. The heart wants to start floating all over the place. 
And he's reminding it about the day of Qiyamah. Reminding it that Allah Ta'ala is watching. Allah knows what's in the heart as well. And he's redirecting the thoughts in a correct manner. It's an ongoing mujahada and an ongoing ibadat. He's making every effort to fulfill what is the akhlaq of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. To live with that akhlaq. So now in that there's sometimes some sabr to be made. Sabr which is the crux of akhlaq. So he's ready to make the sabr. He's taking it upon himself, but not crossing the line of good akhlaq. All this is an ibadat and a very great ibadat. Nabi Kareem sallallahu is saying, Ittaqil maharim takun nas. Stay away from everything Allah has forbidden. You'll become the greatest abid. And this is what taqwa is all about. Giving up sin. But they, that's the classification for, in terms of the fuqaha. This is a kabira, and this is a sagira, this is a major sin, this is a minor sin. But for the slave of Allah Ta'ala, he doesn't look in that direction. What is this minor or major? He leaves out everything. Person, couplet one port says, That leave out every sin, whether it is a small sin or a big sin. That is taqwa. And then to highlight the reality of this, he says that لا تحقرن صغيرة فإن الجبال من الحصى. Don't regard a sagira and a minor sin as trivial. So what's this? Nothing major. Don't ever do that because remember, mountains are made from pebbles. Now you look at a huge mountain. You look at the small pebble. You say this is nothing. But that mountain is made out of a whole combination of these pebbles. Person has got one grand, says, what is one grand? But the person who's got a million, that million is made out of this million one grands. That one grand in itself might be insignificant. But put a one million of these one grands together and it's a million grands. Now it's become very significant. That is what the whole issue of the sahira is. That a person takes it for granted, takes it lightly, doesn't think anything about it. But then what happens? Then that becomes part of his, his heart starts becoming accustomed to the sagair. And he thinks nothing about it. So one after the other. And when a person regards a sagira as trivial, that in itself for him becomes a kabira son, becomes a major son. He looks at something or something comes to mind or something he is tempted to do and he just says, well this is sagira, do it. That made it kabira for him. That made it a major sin for him because he's trivializing sin. Sin is the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. And he's trivializing this istighfaf. Trivializing the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala itself is kabira. And then persistence in a sagira sin. Some sin in itself might be minor. But when a person persists in it, for him it becomes kabira. For him it becomes a major sin. Because that persistence itself shows that he's got no concern about it. But then what's the, what's the problem? The issue is when a person persists in the sagair, then he gradually becomes very, very 
close to the Kabira sons, the major sons, and then to step over into that also becomes a small thing for him. And Allah forbid from that, that sometimes becomes a stepping stone towards Kufr. <coughs> the Shah Waliullah Rahmatullah very, very great personality. This is his statement and this too is extracted from the Kalam of the Tabi'een. That man tahawana bil adab uqiba bi hirman sunnah The one who regards the adab, the etiquettes, the mustahabbat, regards it as minor, well, this is just an adab, this is just a matter of etiquette. If I do it, fine. If I don't do it, so nothing major, nothing a problem. The result of this will be that he'll get deprived of sunnah. He will become deprived. It's not sometimes a person feels, I chose not to do it. I just didn't want to do it, so I didn't do it. No, it's not a matter of I chose not to do it. But rather, he was deprived of it. Wallahu arkasahum bima kasabu. Wallahu arkasahum bima kasabu. Allah kept them behind because of their actions. The kind of actions a person did, Allah took the tawfiq away. But now that won't come in the heart also. That now I'm sitting in the masjid. So why be sitting and watching something on my phone? Let me read the Quran, it won't come to mind. The person will have all the time in the world and he'll be able to do many, many things. But he won't get the tawfiq of reciting one tasbih, one subhanallah. And I just say, well, I was feeling tired, I didn't do it. No, no, maybe it was tired and didn't do it, that's also possible. And many times it is that you weren't allowed to do it. Allah Ta'ala save us from that. That the person wasn't allowed to do it. Wallahu arkasahum bima kasabu. Allah Ta'ala kept them behind because of what they were doing. Their actions became the barrier. So the sahair are not to be treated as minor. Yes, it's minor in the category of the fuqaha that they have now highlighted what is so that everything is in its place. But in terms of what a person does and how he approaches these issues, he should be just as afraid of a sagheera son like a kabira son. Like he is afraid of a small ember and a big fire, the same thing applies. That ember, nobody puts it in his pocket. The small piece of charcoal now is burning. What's the difference with this? That big fire is a problem, not this. Nobody deals with it like that. So, this is the issue that we have to now prepare ourselves for the month of Ramadan. And the preparation requires, the starting point of it is taqwa. Sincere taqwa, uh, tawbah. Sincere tawbah, this is the starting point of taqwa. Now that's the plan, that's the program, that's the target. That I need to acquire taqwa. Taqwa starts off with sincere tawbah. I must repent, come back to Allah wa ta'ala. And that repentance requires that a person gives up the sin. He gives up the haram, gives up the sin. This is the first part of that tawbah. A person is saying tawbah, mashallah, make istighfar. But the sin didn't stop. That haram on the phone is still carrying on. A person is still going to places which is not permissible to go to. Still talking all kinds of evil. Still doing all things which are... So that tawbah is not yet started. The first part of the tawbah is to give up the sin and to feel the remorse over it. Whether the sin pertains to the rights of Allah Ta'ala 
whether the sin pertains to the rights of people, to feel the remorse, what I did was wrong. That remorse is a very, very important aspect. That is really the essence of Toba. Toba is remorse, that regret, feeling that this wasn't in order, I should never have done this. That's now the starting point. Person making sincere Toba and begging Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness. And then together with that, that remorse and regret, giving up the sin and the resolve not to commit it again. Now this is the first part. So now that should have already happened many times. But Allah has given us a chance still. We still take this opportunity to make sincere toba in preparation for Ramadan. We planning for Hajj. We have to plan for the five days more than anything else. So likewise, we planning for Ramadan. We must plan for taqwa more than anything else. The tilawat we must plan for, and the nawafil we must plan for. The fast is obviously farz, and likewise all the other amal. But more than anything and everything else must plan to get taqwa in our lives. And the taqwa starts off with sincere toba. So now to make sincere toba, come back to Allah Ta'ala, abundant istighfar. In preparation for this, one very important thing apart from giving up sin, is to give up layani, futility, things that are futile. In terms of sharia, what is Layani min husni islam in mar'i tarkuhu mala ya'ni. Nabi Karim says, this is the beauty of a person's Islam. That it makes him give up all futile things also. Futile things are things that are of no benefit neither in dunya. One is a person is doing something which is taking care of his needs, some worldly necessity, his work, something in the home that is required to be done. All part of daily things that happen. So that's some benefit in some way or the other. And obviously, then there's some dini benefit in it, that subhanallah, that he's making his akhirat. Things which are of no benefit in any way, neither deen and not even in dunya, is just sometimes a figment of our imagination that there's some benefit in this for me. But no benefit. People spend hours on the phone watching this and that and following news. But how much has it benefited us? And how much has it made anything better for us? So now that's all part of layani at the least. Allah forbid much of it sometimes is born into haram. To give up layani now, then inshallah we'll stay away from it in Ramadan as well. And otherwise, a good amount of the time in Ramadan, those very valuable moments, it will be sometimes the odd night of the last ten nights of Ramadan, and a person will spend one hour in some future, complete futile thing. In the middle of the night, he would have woken up to now, or stayed awake to stay awake in ibadat, but that ibadat will be one side and he'll be still doing something futile. And such valuable moments of time will be lost in something futile. And that futile, that futility, that layani, that lahu, this is on the border of haram. Right now, one property, and then the neighboring property, but the Lands are, the boundary line is one. Where this property ends, that property commences. The boundary line is one in between. Where Layani comes and stops, that's where Haram starts. Order is right there. The person now in this 
property of layani is already touching the place of haram. Any moment he can just flip over. That's the very important aspect. Cut out all the layani from our life now. Especially for the preparation of Ramadan. And then that must become part of our life. Layani, a mu'min, he's got, his time is very valuable. Every moment, very valuable. Whatever is within the limits of shariat, he has his needs, he has to take care of his needs, his, see to his family, spend time to see to their needs, and to spend time with his children, all this is within the limits of shariat. But then things which are futile, which don't benefit him in any way, neither in dunya or akhirat, so especially the month of Ramadan, such time being wild away, that's a very great loss, very, very great deprivation. So now this is part of the preparation of Ramadan, that we start off in this way, this is what brings honor in dunya and akhirat. Inna akramakum, inna Allahi atqakum. Everybody is concerned about his honor, his dignity, and his respect, and somebody sometimes says something, does something, we feel that this was disrespectful to ourselves, become very offended, very hurt. Allah Ta'ala is saying, you want that honor, you want that respect. The, remain, the respect and honor is what is in the court of Allah Ta'ala. What is in the sight of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala says, inna akramakum indallah, inna akramakum, the most honorable in the court of Allah Ta'ala, in the sight of Allah Ta'ala, those who have the greatest amount of taqwa. That doesn't matter then who the person is, whether he is an Arab or a non-Arab, whether he is a white or a black, whether he comes from which part of the world, whatever it might be, he has taqwa in his life, he is very honorable in the sight of Allah. This is what's to be aspired for, this is what's to be worked for, this is what this Mubarak time has been given to us for, and the zeal that Nabi Kareem wasallam displayed to reach the month of Ramadan, and how he applied himself, how the Sahaba applied, how the highest predecessors, what example they left behind for us. They should inspire us to try and make some efforts and plan for the month of Ramadan as discussed. Have the program in place, have some targets in place. And above all the targets, the target to acquire taqwa. The target to acquire taqwa, taqwa involved or entails giving up all sin. Allah Ta'ala says, leave out the apparent sins also. The external sins also, وَبَاطِنَا And also the internal sins. The internal sins as well. All this is required for taqwa. Whether it is hasad, whether it is pride, malice, all the kinds of evils that lurk in the heart, and all the things that are within a person in terms of, that take him towards evil and vice. The external sins, and the internal sins to make tawbah from all this, and target to acquire taqwa. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala grant us all this great wealth of taqwa. Allah ta'ala make us truly among the muttaqeen. Allah ta'ala enable us to reach this Mubarak month of Ramadan with afiyat, and enable us to use the time correctly. Allah ta'ala bless us with this wealth of taqwa. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا أَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِ He said,
ഹമ്മ ഫറജ ولا حاجة هي لك رضا إلا قضيتها ويسرتها يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين إله العالمين يا الله Most merciful, most gracious, most kind, most loving Allah إله العالمين forgive us يا الله يا الله forgive us يا الله يا الله forgive us يا الله يا الله forgive all our major and minor sins يا الله يا الله we making توبة in your house today يا الله يا الله accept our توبة يا الله Allah, we regret all the wrongs we have done, Ya Allah. Ilahu l'alamin, forgive us, Ya Allah. Accept our tawbah, Ya Allah. Allah, we firmly resolving not to go back to those sins again, Ya Allah. The sins of the eyes, Ya Allah. 
the sins of the ears and tongue, Ya Allah, the sins of the hands and feet, Ya Allah, the sins of the heart, Ya Allah, Ilahul Alameen, you forgive us, Ya Allah, save us from every going, ever going back to these sins, Ya Allah, Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, forgive the entire ummah of Nabi Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ya Allah, shower your maghfirat on the ummah, Ya Allah, shower your rahmat on the ummah, Ya Allah, Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, you are ghaffar al-dhunub, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, you love forgiving, Ya Allah, Ilahul Alameen, your forgiveness is for sinners, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we are those sinners who, Ya Allah, are desperately in need of your forgiveness, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive us and forgive the entire ummah of Nabi Kareem, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, do not deprive us in these Mubarak moments, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, this Mubarak month of Shaban is passing already, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, enable us to reach the Mubarak month of Ramadan, Ya Allah. Enable us to use the time correctly, Ya Allah. Keep us with sihat and afiyat, Ya Allah. Allahumma sallimna li Ramadan. وسلم رمضان لنا وسلمه لنا متقبلا إله العالمين يا الله enable us to ya Allah take the maximum benefit from the Mubarak month of Ramadan ya Allah save us from whiling away the time ya Allah save us from wasting any moment ya Allah ya Allah grant us the wealth of taqwa ya Allah grant us the wealth of taqwa ya Allah ya Allah make taqwa our objective for Ramadan ya Allah ya Allah you grant us a tawfiq of ya Allah doing all that which pleases you ya Allah save us from everything that displeases you ya Allah ilahul alamin purify our hearts ya Allah fill our hearts with your muhabbat ya Allah Fill our hearts with your muhabbat, ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove the love of dunya from our hearts, ya Allah. Remove the love of the ego from our hearts, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, all those who are sick, give them shifai kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Allah, remove every trace of the ailments, Ya Allah. Allah, whatever difficulty, hardship anybody is involved in, Ya Allah, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Allah, grant barakat in each one's rizq, Ya Allah. Grant abundant halal and tayyib rizq filled with barakat, Ya Allah. Save us from every drop and grain of haram and doubtful things, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah, whatever anxiety, sorrow, grief, depression, tension, people are suffering, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, out of your grace and mercy, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Fill the hearts with sukoon and itminan, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us the tawfiq of Ya Allah, finding the sukoon and itminan in your zikr, Ya Allah. In tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, Ya Allah. In salah, Ya Allah. In taqwa, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, these are the places where you have kept that sukoon, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, enable us to, Ya Allah, get to these places to receive it, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, save us from all the sins and vices, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, all those who asked us to make dua for them, all who have raised their hands to this dua, Ya Allah, you grant each one's jayas needs, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, throughout the world, wherever the Muslims are in any suffering, Ya Allah, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, in particular our brothers and sisters in Palestine, Ya Allah, in Gaza, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you grant them afiyat, Ya Allah. Allah, you remove their difficulty, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant them total afiyat, Ya Allah. You protect them, Ya Allah. You safeguard them, Ya Allah. Grant them victory over their enemies, Ya Allah. Allah, grant hidayat to the enemies as well, Ya Allah. Allah, if hidayat is not decreed for them, Ya Allah, wipe them out from the face of this earth, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Grant us every khair and barakat and afiyat, Ya Allah. اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه معين والحمد لله